Street Smart Real Estate Investing. Welcome to the new innovative concept of real estate investing. No more expensive courses. No more high-priced mentors taking your money and leaving you without ongoing support. Become a full-time seasoned real estate investor by participating with our already successful team members. Now is the time to stop talking about real estate investing and start doing. Take action. Just ask and we will help you. We promise one thing, no BS. For more info, www.streetsmartrei.com. Hello, Mr. Victor. How you been doing today? Great to be here. Uh, I have a pleasure of having very, very knowledgeable Canadian real estate investor uh, located in Ottawa, Victor Menash, uh, and I would like to share my appreciation and uh, respect your time. And I would just thank you for you know willing to talk to me and share your knowledge among other participants of this workshop, right? So, Mr. Victor, uh, would you mind telling more about yourself, who you are, what exactly you've been doing, and introducing yourself, if you do not mind? My path into real estate investing was certainly not the typical career path. I started out the first part of my career as an electrical engineer, started out designing microprocessors, primarily in the telecom industry, mm -hmm. and rose to the ranks of you know uh, medium-sized companies. Um, and uh, uh, eventually took one company public, uh, was involved in the startup, and pretty much most of my career was managing some form of microprocessor microchip development. Mm -hmm. uh, and around 2009, 2010, was starting to get a little bit burned out on that. I was building a new cellular network in Japan, traveling back and forth to Tokyo every couple of weeks, and decided it was time to do something completely different. And in particular... The idea of building wealth in technology is kind of like saying, you know, I want to win the lottery when I grow up because um, you really don't know if you're going to be successful or not. There are just so many moving parts and there's so much consolidation and the investment model is so broken that I decided to move into the world of real estate investing on a full-time basis. And so I really took a hard left turn in my career at about that time frame, 2010, and so ever since then, I've been in the world of real estate investing, real estate development, and discovered along the way that there were a bunch of portable skills, um, you know, uh, certainly skills as a project manager, uh, very portable. But the, one of the key skills was management, leadership, financial management. And, you know, having done uh, one IPO, uh, four or five different mergers and acquisitions, raised a lot of capital in the tech world discovered and rediscovered that process in the world of real estate investing and discovered mm -hmm. that it was almost the same as it was in the tech world. So all of a sudden I had a bunch of portable skills. So that's how I got into this space here. Everybody has a, some history with the IT or something similar, right? Uh, yeah. I am the IT background also, right? So there is a lot of real estate investors, full-time real estate investors, which they have an IT background. There is something similar, I guess, right? So yeah. what yeah. kind of company you are working? You are part, uh, man, managing partner for the South Lake Developments, right? Correct. Yeah, so we have a bunch of different projects around the country. Uh, our South Lake Holdings, South Lake Developments is based in Louisiana. Uh, we have a number of projects underway in Southwest Louisiana. 
this is a particular area of interest because it's actually the fastest growing jobs market in the country, in the United States. This small town of Lake Charles, Louisiana, has a $118 billion, with a B, of natural gas, petrochemical, and seaport expansions underway in this small town, which is a staggering number. And so a lot of the development we have underway is literally in support of those massive projects that are underway. It's hard to wrap your mind around the size Mm -hmm. of these projects. You know, when you talk about numbers that big, people either think you're crazy or you're, you know, you're smoking something, but it really is um, infrastructure projects on that scale and it's, uh, they need everything. So, so that's one of the areas that we're very actively developing. I'm very familiar with that city because we were approached many times with different uh, projects, uh, especially in the Lake Charles, right? So mm-hmm. I, I didn't know about that, but I'm very familiar how much uh, uh, how much you can you know work and how many projects are happening at this moment, right? So thank thank you very much for letting us know. And w- just let's go back about. Why, what are you doing in the real estate side and why you decided to do real estate, you know, like from the personal aspect of it, if you do not mind sharing, right? Sure. Yeah. And that's a great question. One of the things that I discovered, uh, you know, I wanted to do something in the entrepreneurial realm and, you know, I'm not a really a real estate person. I'm more of a business person. And mm-hmm. to me, that boils down to solving business problems. You know, if there's a problem that needs to be solved and it's important enough that people are willing to expend resources, meaning money, to solve the problem. And number three, they're willing to buy it from you, then you actually have a pretty good shot at putting together a nice, tidy little business. So that's kind of how I approach any business opportunity. It doesn't matter whether it's real estate or otherwise. And mm-hmm. I apply that filter to to real estate opportunities as well. So if somebody you know, comes to me and says, I'm going to take a, I don't know, a C-class building in a B area and I'm going to bump the rents a hundred bucks a month and that's how I'm going to make money. I'll kind of shrug my shoulders and say, yeah, so what, you know, that's not solving a big enough problem for me. I, I want to obey the laws of supply and demand and uh, make sure that there's that mismatch between de- demand and supply. So that's what I always look for. It doesn't matter where the project's located or what the project is, that's that's what I look for. And if you go back to, you know, 2009, 2010, when I got into this business, of course, at that time, we were really facing, especially in the United States, facing the opportunity of a lifetime uh, because you could buy things for far below replacement costs and you could buy very good assets where you had way more upside than downside. And so it was a great time to get into the market and pretty much anything that you threw money at uh, would, you know, would, would come up the, the right side up. So, uh, it was a good time. Uh, I saw real estate investing in particular as an area where it was not consolidated like the tech industry, you know, in the tech industry, you've got a few major players. And if you don't have the depth of pockets of an Intel or a Samsung or someone of that scale, it's very difficult to make money. Um, whereas in real estate, it's much more distributed and people will lend you money and give you leverage to do projects in real estate where that wasn't necessarily the case in, in technology. Uh, so all those ingredients came together and just saw it as a, a great opportunity. And of course, since then we found uh, new opportunities. You know, we went through a period four or five years where there was very little new construction in the United States. And so there's a lot of pent up demand. And as prices came up, it now started to make sense to develop. And 
I like new development. Uh, it's much more controlled. You can exercise some creativity and you can solve some real problems. So uh, today I'd say probably 95% of what we're doing is new construction in one form or another. Uh, mm-hmm. But we don't do construction for the sake of construction. It, you know, we don't typically do spec builds. It's got to solve a real problem. Uh, thank you very much for sharing that information. So aside of the Lake Charles, are you in, doing some other developments in different locations? Because you mentioned in all the time in the United States. Is and Do you have any projects in Canada also? Or you're focusing on We do. Primarily? Okay. Um, you know, one of the things, if I contrast the various markets, there's a bunch of different characteristics. So, for example, uh, so we're developing one other city right now in the U.S. We're developing Philadelphia. Um, mm-hmm. These are most Mostly apartment buildings, uh, again, new construction. In Canada, uh, what I found is that the markets here are very expensive. Almost all the markets, including the you know where I live in Ottawa, it's very expensive. And you're, when you're dealing with cap rates that are you know below five percent uh, in the well, fours, and in some cases even in the threes, it's really really yeah. challenging to to do anything that makes any financial sense. And yet people are doing it. I'm scratching my head going, you know, either they know something I don't, which is possible, uh, or it's just not for me. And so either way, I've elected to find better opportunities elsewhere. Since if I'm not, you know, if I'm not investing in something that's within a 10 minute drive of my house, I can pretty much go anywhere. I'm not restricted geographically. So uh, in Canada right now, we're very active in Alberta. Uh, There's a most Canadians uh, have either heard of Banff, Alberta, or many would have visited there. This is a small mountain village that gets about 6 million visitors a year. And um, because it's inside the boundary of the national park, it has a moratorium on development. One of the consequences of that is that when people try and stay in a hotel in the summer months, you're often paying $600 a night. And so that's that's a pretty... Uh, pretty expensive hotel room. And so we've started acquiring property in the neighboring town of Canmore, uh, which is about 15 minutes away. It's just outside the boundary of the national park. And, uh, you know, would you be willing to drive 15 minutes and save, you know, 150, 200 bucks a night? Most people would. Uh, so that's a pretty straightforward business case. If you're still getting 400 bucks a night, that's a good number uh, as a property owner. And yet you're offering a real value to the end consumer. And it's one of those things where, you know, the numbers work. So uh, we plan to develop there. We're in negotiations on land. And in the meantime, we're building a portfolio just out of existing units on the open market um, and developing a footprint of the market that way out of existing inventory. Uh, Perfect. So 30 minutes drive for me to Canmore, just to let you know. (laughs) (laughs) I know all the streets all over, every location, every shop, every pub. (laughs) I've been there many times and I'm doing a lot of hiking. So, yeah, thank you very much for developing uh, new structures there, right? And definitely. Canmore is a beautiful, yeah, it's a beautiful beautiful market. I mean, it's a great place to visit. In many ways, I prefer to Banff. Uh, Mm -hmm. it's, it's not quite as badly overrun with tourists. Uh, you know, they're not coming in by the busload like they are in Banff and, um, you know, there's still an awful lot of traffic there by, by, you know, to be sure, but, uh, it's got a little bit more of that mountain village feel. The main street is a little bit more compact. Uh, I, I personally, when I visit there, I prefer to stay in Canmore than Banff personally. Definitely. Uh, no doubt. Banff is much more challenging to find an accommodation and Kenmore is all the time place where 
we are you know utilizing Airbnb or any other you know locations. So simple as that, right? So I'm looking Correct. forward and, to you know, for, the project. Yeah, you know, for our American friends uh, who maybe may not have visited Banff, it's it's Canada's version of Aspen. It's you know it's a very a uh, very beautiful city. It attracts a lot of summer festivals, a lot of music festivals, things like that. So it's definitely a destination. Amazing skiing, uh, Banff Sunshine, Lake Louise. Uh, on back, I forget it's the five or the ten dollar bill. Uh, there's a an image of Moraine Lake, uh, which is just outside, uh, just in the same area. So there's it's it's really a quintessential Canadian landmark. Definitely, definitely. I'm, I'm very pleased to live in nearby in Calgary, right? So how do you see yourself in the near future? What kind of, uh, what would you like to share with you? You know, how do you see your business ex expanding in the future? Well, today we've got a bunch of projects under under development uh, in various phases. Some are nearing completion um, in the next week or so. We've got other projects that are at the front end. Uh, and so we see a pipeline of projects over the next several years. Uh, these again are, you know, great projects. They're in, in a great area. There's a strong financial um, engine behind the, uh, those projects. And so, you know, we're excited about those and um, you know, I, I can only see as far as the horizon. And for me, the horizon is two, three years out, but really more of the same. Now, Obviously, the markets uh, nationwide, uh, both Canada and U.S., have gone up in value tremendously. Um, oh. If you know projects come on the market uh, out of the open market, often they're run as an auction, and you see twenty, thirty offers on on every multifamily complex that comes on the market. I certainly don't want to be the winner at those types of prices. I'm certainly happy to sell in into that environment, but don't want to be buying in that environment. So any investments, new investments that we make, we make very cautiously. Uh, you know, the market's pretty frothy. And we want to make sure that whatever we do uh, will span an economic cycle. And that also means underwriting them very conservatively. So, you know, when I put together the pro forma on a project, I'm, I'm putting in numbers that are below even current market rents, putting in valuations that are below current market valuations. And if the market, if that project makes sense, uh, even with those even with those valuations, then uh, then you pull the trigger. Simple as that. I, I truly believe it that you have to be in the field of uh, nobody else is doing that, being unique in your structure and setting up the, the logistics for the businesses, right? And yeah, I've seen, you know, those offers, multiple offers for, doesn't make even sense for the multiple units apartment buildings and people are, you know, uh, making the decision because based on the emotions and i see that you are just clear straight business oriented person numbers is the game and everything whatever is related to it right however uh, i would like to ask you more kind of personal question which i've been asking many people which are uh, part of the you know interview and i'm very glad that you you are willing to share your experience what kind of challenges you are facing on a regular basis as a business person as a real estate investor in that field. Can you share with you know, us? Absolutely. They're they're wide and varied and they come in all different shapes and sizes. It's amazing. And you can almost never predict what it's going to be. Um, I, I can sh let me share a couple of stories. Yes, uh, so, you know, for example, we had uh, built a number of uh, smaller apartment buildings in Philadelphia and 
you know, after having done a bunch of these, we said, okay, these are basically, you know, step and repeat, cop, you know, cut and paste almost. And we dug a foundation hole and discovered that in the middle of the backyard, one of these properties that was a live undocumented sewer line going right through the middle of the property. And, you know, so we approached the city and asked them about it. And the, the, the water department said, well, we don't know anything about it. Uh, please don't tell us anything about it. We don't want to know. And we said, well, wait a minute. You want us, what, can we, what should we do with it? They said, we don't care. It's up to you. And we said, we can cap it. And they said, yep. Uh, now <laughs> we didn't do that cause it was a live sewer line. Uh, we, you know, spent the extra 3,500 bucks and routed it, modified our foundation design to route it to the street and tied into the main sanitary sewer at the street. But, you know, these things come up all the time. You know, we had another situation in Louisiana where, uh, to get access to our property, we had to pave a city street. The city had built the roadbed. They said, we don't need it, so we're not going to pay for it. If you want to pay for it, you go ahead, you build the roadbed, and then you can donate it to the city, and we'll take it over. We said, okay, fine. Then discovered that where the city had actually built the roadbed was not where it belonged. It was actually encroaching on the neighbor's property. And who in their right mind would have assumed that the city would put the road in the wrong place. And the neighbor didn't want us, didn't want our project to go forward. So they basically objected to our use of the road and said, you can't use it. It's on our property. Uh, again, the only way we could have ever figured that out is if we had surveyed the neighbor's property. And who does that? Nobody. Um, so these things come up and you deal with them. And, you know, kind of you, I was talking with my wife about an hour ago and said, you know, a big part of my job is to just solve problems. And that's what we do because they will come up and you can't really predict where they're going to be, but you just deal with them. And the key is to have the right team, the right quality of team that uh, have both the creativity, the resilience, the agility to, to handle whatever gets thrown at them. And uh, we've got that team. So I'm pretty, pretty fortunate. Wow. Challenging, definitely challenging. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you, you came up with the solution and that what will be, has to be done has to be done. There is no other way, right? So, Oh, absolutely. I mean, you know, this, this same neighbor did not want our, really did not want our project to exist. You know, for example, there is an electrical pole 40 feet from our property. Well, and uh, the, the, the right-of-way for the electricity uh, was not properly documented in the um, in the county records. So it was simply a sketch, a pencil sketch, and they argued that the right-of-way did not extend to the property line, and therefore we could not have access to the, to the electricity. Uh, you know, again, another one of these situations where they were trying to block the existence of our project through some other means. Uh, so eventually we said, all right, you know, you're not costing us any money. The utility can bring power from the other side. They can, you know, bring power 40 feet or you can bring it, you know, quarter mile. Uh, mm -hmm. But you're only costing them money, not us. And if we can't get power that way, we'll just put a 60 or a 10 megawatt diesel generator. And by the way, you're downwind of us, just so you know. Uh, yep, eventually, you know, they said, we're not going to, we're not going to, uh, prevent this project from existing simply because, you know, you're being difficult. Uh, eventually they relented and we brought power from 40 feet away and <laughs> we solved it. So <laughs> thank you very much for sharing that experience. Rob. So uh, 
question which uh, everybody should be asking any uh, real estate investor developers how do you make sure that you you're reaching out to your potential clients how do you market yourself i would like to know about your podcast right sure (laughs) so you know the marketing takes many different forms and uh i think it's one of these things that's actually pretty poorly understood generally Uh, i think my view the purpose of marketing is simply to generate interest it's not to uh, generate sales. It's not to manipulate uh, or anything like that. And in today's environment, we are so saturated with uh, marketing messages being thrown at us from all different corners all the time. I mean, even where I'm sitting right now, I, I can see at least a dozen logos just from my current vantage point of advertising in my own home that's being thrown at me. Uh, and I'm sure that's, that's the same for you. Now we tune it out because it's just too much. We can't handle that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, uh, you know, people don't want to be sold anymore. They're just inundated with, with all of this, but they are willing to be educated. So in my view, there's only two types of marketing that work today in 2018, uh, one is educational marketing, and the second is uh, what I call buzz marketing. And buzz marketing is communicating a little bit of excitement about what you're doing. Now, if you take that a little bit too far, it becomes, you know, that little bit of narcissistic Instagram look at me, and, and that doesn't work. Um, so, but done done tastefully, it's enough to generate a bit of excitement, but, you know, not so, not too much that it becomes problematic. So, uh, it's got to strike that balance. And where I focus overwhelmingly is, is towards educational marketing. Now, uh, you know, I came up with the idea of the Real Estate Espresso podcast about a year ago after uh, following a number of folks that have been doing podcasting for quite some time. I developed a relationship with John Lee Dumas, who uh, runs Entrepreneur on Fire. Uh, and, you know, he's probably the leader in daily podcasts. In fact, he stepped back from daily. He's doing it now twice a week. and uh, you know, what I found is if I'm going to do something, I want to do it well. And to do it well, I've got to do it consistently. And so that, that drove the decision to do it daily. So it's a daily show, seven days a week. Uh, and the problem when you look at podcast listeners, most podcast listeners subscribe to six podcasts. They listen to five because that's all they have time for. And if they're already a podcast listener and I want them to listen to me, how, who am I going to kick out? You know, which show are they going to abandon uh, to replace my show? You know, there's a lot of very good established shows out there, whether it's, uh, you know, Tim Ferriss, Joe Fairless, The Real Estate Guys, uh, Kathy Fetke. There's some great, great shows out there. Yours, you know, who am I going to kick out? It wasn't obvious. So I decided to come up with the idea of a short form podcast that would be five minutes um, and it would kind of slip in below the radar uh, without necessarily competing with those larger, more established shows. Because in fact, a lot of people don't have 30 minutes, 60 minutes to dedicate to listening a show on a regular basis. And it's turned out to be, turned out to be a good decision. Uh, You know, my listenership is growing on a daily basis. The feedback that I'm getting from my listeners is that, they will often listen to my show first, even ahead of some of these more established shows, because they know they can commit to five minutes. They can't commit to an hour. And, you know, so that uh, that that was kind of the genesis of the show, then decided to mix it up between the short form podcast and interviews. So the weekend edition are slightly longer. They're 15 to 20 minutes at the most. 
uh, interview style, interviewing notable people from the world of real estate investing and with a broad range of guests, some big names like, you know, Robert and Kim Kiyosaki uh, to folks that people have never even heard of, uh, but have an interesting story or an interesting angle or perspective to offer on real estate investing that people may not have heard of before. So that's, that's the show. And to be honest with you, uh, just to let you know, uh, five minutes is perfect. You drive, you set, it, you you put your speakers on the on the Bluetooth on the in the car. You you start your podcast, and then five minutes, and everything is about aha moments. Oh, I did not know that, right? Aha, made something interesting, and five minutes is perfect. I I do really listen on you on a regular basis, and uh, I'm very glad that I found you on the podcast. Uh, community and I'm listening to you on a regular basis just to let you know okay oh thank you most welcome That's great. so uh, what would you like to say to anyone who would like to follow your steps and what kind of suggestions uh, you would like to give it to potential developers uh, business people any hints which they will benefit from you know concluding this conversation you know, one of the things doesn't matter what it is that you want to do. You know, we have listeners that are real estate developers. We have listeners who are passive investors. We have others who are just getting started in real estate investing and everything in between. My general message is that whatever it is you want to do, it doesn't matter. Uh, number one, invest in yourself, get the knowledge that you need to, to do it successfully. And that's where people tend to focus the most. And I've got bad news. It's not sufficient. Uh, you know, a lot of people say, well, I went to a weekend seminar. I've got the knowledge. And I say, great. Now you've got a third of what you need. The second most important thing that you need is you need to figure out, you've got to develop the self-awareness so that you can manage the emotional component. That means developing the emotional drive to succeed even when things get difficult and overcoming whatever emotional obstacles you may have. And then number three, and this is the most important and the most overlooked, is to put yourself in the right environment. So if you are uh, working, if you're aspiring to be a developer, well, hang out with other developers. If you aspire to be uh, you know, a world-class real estate investor, hang out with other world-class real estate investors. And I don't mean just somebody who's a little bit better than you. I mean, really seek out the very best people that you can find on the planet because uh, it's only then that you're going to develop to working at a high level. And you will be surprised how much just being in that environment will lift you up from where you are. Uh, you know, if there's any one message you take away from from this talk, uh, I hope that that's it. Surround yourself with high quality people because at the end of the day, that's the only real differentiator because, frankly, deals are everywhere. Thank you very much. And, uh, yep, I make a note of some, some of the suggestions of yours and I will definitely consider them in the future ventures and i am so glad that i'm reaching out to the developer and person who has a much more knowledge in development world than myself and that's what i'm doing just to reach out to the people which are better than me in some fields right <laughs> thank you very much well for that's the key your... yep definitely yeah that's totally the key education marketing provide quality informations to the people which they are reaching out to you and dealing with the people which are no more than you, and you can help others which they know less than yourself, right? Simple as that. So, Mr. Correct. Victor, uh, 
how how anyone who would like to network with you reach out to you can can contact you what kind of con information can they reach out to you they can call you they can send you an email is there absolutely you okay with that so, right? yeah absolutely so you know the best way to get in touch um you know, uh, certainly ha happy to have you as a listener of the Real Estate Espresso podcast. It's on 14 different platforms. Of course, it's on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, uh, Amazon, Alexa. It's on, you know, like I said, 14, maybe even 15 different platforms at this point. Uh, so you can pretty much find it wherever you um, listen to your favorite podcasts. Uh, number two, you can reach out to me directly at victor at victorjm.com and uh, visit my website at victorjm.com. Uh, we run a monthly mastermind, which is pretty cool. Uh, you know, we talk about uh, surrounding yourself with good people. And it's one that, frankly, I'm a little bit hesitant to talk about because, um, you know, a, a couple of years ago or three years ago, maybe I would have talked about this much more openly. Uh, one of my mentors is a gentleman who was part of the Trump organization, very senior executive in the Trump organization. And, um, of course, that now ends up, becoming a little bit of a div divisive conversation at times because, you know, certainly the, the man in the White House is you're either a fan or not and probably not much in between. And, you know, what I would say is that, uh, you know, I'm not a Donald fan at all, uh, but I'm willing to learn from the man who I would consider to be largely responsible for the success of the Trump organization. Uh, you know, a guy who's been in business for 60 years, um, you know, who did the very first project with Donald when Donald was 27. Uh, and really was the man behind the scenes that pulled off a lot of the miracles that you know many people said were impossible. So I learn from this man every month. We get together once a month on the phone uh, for an hour, and this it's just pure gold, absolutely pure gold. And so oftentimes, you know, what George will tell me are things that are the opposite of what I would be my intuition, but he can back it up with sixty years of experience and literally thousands of deals worth of experience. And, you know, before he even worked for Donald, he worked for Goldman and DiLorenzo and did over, you know, 700 deals for them in Manhattan. Uh, so it, you can't replace that kind of depth anywhere. You just, you know, it would take me a lifetime to develop it. So if I can tap into that once a month, that's amazing. Thank you very much for sharing. Mr. Victor, I, I would like to thank you very much for your precious time. Uh, I would like to just... Uh, Thank you for, for your time and looking forward to, to reach out and working with you on a regular basis or listening to your podcast. And anybody who is listening to this or watching this presentation, do not hesitate. Just get into the Real Estate Investing Expresso podcast and start listening to Mr. Victor because there is a lot of information which you do not know. And can we agree? You do not know what you don't know, right? But somebody else can. Thank you very much, Mr. Victor. Well, great to be here, Yark. Street Smart Real Estate Investing. Welcome to the new innovative concept of real estate investing. No more expensive courses. No more high-priced mentors taking your money and leaving you without ongoing support. Become a full-time seasoned real estate investor by participating with our already successful team members. Now is the time to stop talking about real estate investing and start doing. Take action. Just ask and we will help you. We promise one thing, no BS. For more info, 
www.streetsmartrei.com.